0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Zach Blackerby here with you. Painter Sharples of ESPN 1067 at the controls. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm well. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. It's crazy how finicky this headphone jack thing is. Okay, I can hear everything now. It's either like you can just hear the music or just hear voices, but I hear everything now. Michael Papp is of ESPN One Six Seven, hanging out with us as well. What's hey. up? How are things?
0: I'm how? great. Living the dream. Excited to be here.
1: So I, I've been kind of thinking about this all weekend. You know how how are we going to do the Monday show because. I just feel like as soon as we post this and it goes out on iTunes and Spotify, Stitcher, however you get your podcast and you're listening, I just feel like the quarterback is going to be named. I mean, I really do feel like it's going to be any minute now. Yeah,
2: I think I think you're almost certain to get it in the next 48 hours. We're recording this on a Monday morning, but I'd said you know maybe a week ago or thereabouts, I thought it would be sometime between Monday and Thursday of this week. And uh, based on the timeline of the past, based on – Uh, what they have in front of them with the Oregon opener, the timing of that game. And and based on some of what Coach Malzahn said this weekend, uh, it seems likely very soon we will know who will start for Auburn. I think it's been trending toward Bo Nix, but also there are people that I think would say, well, you know, hold your horses just because he's – taking reps with mixed match ones and twos doesn't doesn't mean being the first guy up doesn't necessarily equate to being the starter but that does seem to be the sentiment that has kind of changed over the last week
1: yeah I mean it sounds like people that are very in tune with what's going on are starting to say like it's going to be Bo Nix like and they're and they're saying it with confidence and Michael you and I were up to Nash we were on our way to Nashville on Friday while the drive ESPN 106.7 uh, their afternoon show, Bill Cameron hosted. He does a great job. He's done a great job for a long time. But he, he was talking about, he was essentially saying like he, he thinks Bo Nix is going to be the starter and he's going to be named soon. And he was referencing a podcast that AuburnSports.com puts out. J.G. Tate and Brian Matthews were having a conversation on the, the podcast called The Rundown. And Brian Matthews was very confident in talking about him believing Mm -hmm. that Bo Nix would be named the starter in the next 72 hours. And that was on Friday. So it's like, all right, if that's true, and Brian doesn't seem like the kind of guy to just say stuff based on, you know, just kind of following him over the years. That basically means today. It's going to be sometime today, and I'm sure it's within five minutes after we upload the show.
0: Is it? (laughs) I'm just being honest. (laughs) (laughs) There may be an emergency podcast coming again later. Maybe Um, so. It depends on when they recorded, though, right? Because they could have recorded Friday morning. And then in that case, the time's up. And maybe he's wrong since he's wrong about the time. Maybe he's wrong about the quarterback. Who knows? I, Zach, like you said, we listened to this podcast together. Um, we got the word uh, about what Bill Cameron was saying on the drive and yeah, kind of panicked together. When, when
1: Bill and says something, it, it's amazing how quick it spreads. And uh, yeah, you, you got a phone call like, hey, your guy on 1067, your afternoon guy yeah. said that, And we're like, really? So we tuned in and, and we figured out what podcast he was referring to. And I mean, you agree with me, right, Pan? I mean, just as far as like following B Matt, I mean, he's not going to just say stuff.
2: Yeah, I think he is a pretty measured guy. He's not somebody that flings out takes. And then, I, you know, Justin, my co host, something saying something similar. And, and those guys all run in the same circle. So I, I,
1: has he been saying Bo, Justin?
2: I think he has been at least if you've read his work at the Athletic he's been writing that it seems to be based on the way the snaps are being divvied up in practice it kind of that's the feeling you could get but Michaels made the point that you know hey they're they're also like mixing the ones and twos these aren't real you're not looking at a true first team so mm-hmm. while I do think it is is trending toward Bo, and I think we'll get that answer sometime in the next 48 hours to your point about bmat that's a pretty definitive statement, putting a timeline on it. Mm-hmm. And I think and list, Brian's a pretty measured guy. And
0: listening you know? to him say it, like, the way he said it was like, okay, like, this is going to happen. Like, it, it, it was, was
1: very confident.
0: Yeah. It was not the kind of thing that'd be like, I, like, we've been speculating a bunch on the show. Like, oh, I think it's going to happen in, let's say, three days. Like, he was like, I think Bo Nix is going to be named the starting quarterback within 72 hours. Mm hmm. Yeah, Zach that, and I were like, what?
1: Yeah, because you paused it and you're like, that sounded pretty de- de- yeah. definitive, right? I'm like, yeah, like, if, if anyone said anything like that in that tone to me, like, I believe you. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So um, we'll see. So uh, it, it sounds like it's going to be Bo Nix. I think that works
2: out well for Auburn. I mean, he seems to be the guy that everyone thinks has a ton of upside. I know that Gatewood's athleticism and the comparison yeah. of having a body comparable to Cam Newton is something that Auburn fans in particular. Cannon should be excited about. But Nick's mechanics, I think being groomed for this position by his dad, who's a coach and a former player at Auburn, there's a lot of things to like. I think one thing I would caution Auburn fans against is that you should probably expect him to turn the ball over some as a freshman. Generally speaking, true freshmen make mistakes like that. Mm-hmm. Additionally, I think he's probably played at a level where he was almost always the best player on the field and that is no longer going to be the case and because of that he will probably have to learn the hard way. Yeah, I guess, you know, Trevor Lawrence is kind of an (laughs) exception to that like a guy that steps onto the field and, you know, maybe was still one of the better players out there but, you know, I think we're all kind of cautious about putting anybody in. After the freshman season, he had putting anyone in that category. I, ju- I expect the first month, if Auburn can win some games, even if they're ugly against Oregon and Texas A&M, they're right where they need to be. And I think at times the offense may look a little ugly. I certainly expect it to be in the opener.
1: I hate that. If this is true, I, I'm fine with it. Because I, I think if they both do the same, if they're both equally good throughout fall practice yeah. and you know even with spring, I think if they're the same or even, even if they're close – I think Joey gets the benefit of the doubt just for being the older guy, but for Bo, if Bo is named the starter sometime within the next forty-eight hours, which I think we all three believe that that will be the case, that just shows how much he must be absolutely killing it. And that's and also
2: Raptors. interesting because in the scrimmage, like he has turned the ball over yeah. some, he's forced some turnovers. But I think you know probably some windows that he was used to throwing in in high school that aren't there anymore with defensive backs who can close faster and just better athletes on the field. And also, to be fair, I guess a little caveat that he's had limited participation from some of his best receivers. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even with some of those mistakes, they must think what he's doing is both consistent and provides enough upside that it's worth dealing with some of the growing pains that are just about certain to come.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we could look at this with the glass half empty and say, is there a chance that Gatewood's not – playing to what we thought he could. Is there any chance of that?
2: I think he's probably, if, if this is a, what we think it is, is that Bo is just really, really good for someone who's a true freshman. And on top of it, they must feel that he complements whatever skills you know the running backs and receivers have best. And I think you can still use Joey really effectively mm-hmm. if Bo's the starter. I'm not sure the same is true the other way
0: around. I agree with that
1: fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Lyre in the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else. Get the edge from Vinny and put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked On Fantasy Football is available wherever you get your podcasts. And we have our draft coming up this uh this weekend i cannot wait
2: i need to do a mock draft to, to try and learn from my
0: mistakes mm-hmm. yeah I oh, oh, practice. You, you haven't you haven't done a mock draft yet? i need to do one oh, time wow. is running out mm-hmm. zach has uh zach has done north of 35 mock drafts
1: <laughs> I, do, I do a lot
2: <laughs> how many have you done for 12 10
1: <laughs> i've probably done about 30 yeah
2: holy smokes yeah i've
1: also
0: done zero painter it's fine yeah.
2: i mean I, I do need to do a few like doing one or two but man that's that's a real level wait, of commitment i
1: mean you know my buddy jeremy he, he actually won our league last year he came in town two or three Friday nights ago, and he's just like, I mean, I'm like, what do you want to do? And he's like, let's just do mock drafts. Like, okay, so we did like six or seven, you know, at in, in that night. But yeah, I'm real fun at parties. I promise. I promise. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to our friends at Fetch Me. They are run by an alum of Auburn and have the greatest variety of restaurants to order and get your meal delivered in Auburn and Opelika. If you are looking to have your family meal delivered in less than 40 minutes, you need to go to Fetch Me. Fetch Me has a great selection of anything you want, including meals from your favorite restaurants, groceries, and coffee. I have to say, Fetch Me also has the friendliest and fastest service in town. Fetch Me does that because their mission is to change the delivery experience by ensuring each order is delicious, accurate, timely, and most of all, you have a great experience. Fetch Me is the best in the business. Go check out Fetch Me at FetchMeDelivery.com and use promo code FetchMe20 to get your first delivery free. That's FetchMe20 for your first delivery free.
2: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
1: There's a story out at AL.com right now. Um, I believe Tom Green wrote it. And it's referencing a conversation with Auburn wide receiver coach Cody Burns, and he talked about him not really being concerned about arguably his top four receivers mm-hmm. missing substantial time in spring camp. My question is, do you guys buy that? Spring and fall, right? I mean, Yeah, because Schwartz wasn't, yeah, because Schwartz did track. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. E- either he thinks well, that those guys. Seth, Seth Williams was in spring. He was fine during spring camp. Yeah, but.
0: When you just said that, you said spring, so I said spring and fall.
1: My bad. Yes.
0: You're good. Um, Thanks, bro. So Call me out. I love it. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Uh, they <laughs> e- Either he thinks that all those guys have a good enough grasp on the offense that it's not really going to be an issue, which for guys like Eli Stove and, and Will Hastings, that's probably true. Um, but you worry a little bit about Seth Williams and... Anthony Schwartz. I mean, I think Schwartz I mean, is pretty evident. Online. Like, I would be surprised if he plays
2: in the Oregon game. That's going to, for a guy that just had that sort of injury to his hand, I feel like getting back at Texas A&M would be a win there. Like, if you look at the average. Maybe
0: it, for the first quarter of one of the bad games before that. I mean. Right.
2: Um, but either way, I mean, I feel like Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz, both freshmen last year, contributed. Schwartz came in really late. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. played anyway. Seth Williams, I I think, you know, I I am curious to know um, if this is a lingering thing. But as far as Stove and and Will Hastings go, I think they're just being really, really cautious. And to Michael's point, they don't need more time learning the playbook. They're familiar now. I think from a rep standpoint of working with whoever the quarterback is going to be, that's desirable. But there's still, you know, classes start this week. They're going to start turning their focus to Oregon I think it's going to be okay. I I get why you could look at that and go, that's kind of a head-scratching comment to make. Like, You're sure you're not concerned about your probably top four receivers, uh, or at least possibly? Uh, At least I think William— I
1: I would put Matthew Hill in there. Yeah, I think— He's practicing.
2: Yeah, and I think by the end of the year, he will be one of Auburn's top four most productive. Like, Hastings, to me, I'm not sure he will be a statistical freak, but I think he's always a weapon when he's out there. Mm
1: -hmm. Zach Farrar? I think he could really benefit— from a reps perspective, I mean, like you talked about, because if he comes in and just gets chemistry with Bo Nix, assuming he's a starter mm-hmm. or Joey, if he's a starter, whoever's the quarterback with that size and just his ability, I think that that can totally, totally be an impact guy. I mean, early on, just because he's so big and Auburn doesn't have anybody else like that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, as long as we're talking about them practicing and them getting reps. It's important for Gus and Kenny Dillingham to see what the offense looks like with guys lined up in different spots and honestly how Kevin Steele would go about defending them because Kevin Steele's one of the better coordinators in the conference, I think. And so that could give Gus and, and, uh, and Kenny some insight into how
1: to use the guys and how to best you know,
0: run an offense with them.
1: You think Dillingham's one of the best coordinators in the conference? No, Steele. I thought you said cor- – Okay. I'm just, we're just not clicking today.
0: It's fine. It's its a Monday morning. Yeah. It's not like we spent all weekend together or anything.
1: <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, cool. I feel like there was something else I wanted to say on the receivers, but I can't. Oh, I, do you guys agree with Schwartz? I wouldn't even try to put him in Oregon. I would just hold him until A&M.
2: I mean, they're going to know much more than we do, but just based on the general, like the only time I've broken a bone, it took it was a pretty minimal thing. It was pretty normal, and it's it took six weeks. What bone did you break? Uh, some random bone in my left foot. But it was a pretty small, minor thing, and it kind of sounds like that's what his hand injury, like didn't sound like it was the worst of injuries, but it's on a part of his body that, as a receiver...
0: And a guy that runs the football is desperately needed.
1: Yeah, he needs his hands more than most people do.
0: I uh, I actually broke a bone in my hand in high school, and I still played uh, varsity lacrosse. So, uh, are you tougher than Anthony Schwartz? You think? No, I didn't say that, but <laughs> no, I was in a hard cast in like a hockey glove in order to play. So. I don't think I could have caught a football. Which hand
2: but. on the lacrosse stick? I guess are you you're right-handed?
0: I am right-handed, so and it was my right hand.
2: So that makes it more difficult. Is that hand on top? Yes. Is that the hand that uses? Yeah, I couldn't the most? like
0: I couldn't like pick up the ball or like, you know, bend my wrist. So I couldn't really like effectively play lacrosse but I was out there but I'm with
2: you Zach I would be kind of surprised to see them even attempt to put him in for the Oregon game I think if he's back and able to go for Texas A&M that's a win for Auburn in terms of what he can do and again going back to Eli Stove like he can do a lot of what Schwartz is supposed to do I'm sure they prefer to have them both
1: he made me watch professional lacrosse this weekend it I did feel like it's probably exciting it wasn't bad I just think that I think it's a ton of fun.
2: I think part of it is also understanding the strategy, which I don't
0: like. Uh, There's less strategy actually than you would think because they don't get paid enough to be full time lacrosse players. Uh, So most of them go home for four or five days and then fly out to whatever city they're all playing in. Mm -hmm. So, and then they practice like once or twice and then they have their game. So it's like they just don't have as time to put in a ton of strategy stuff. But, yeah, it's a ton of fun. If you don't watch the Premier Lacrosse League on NBC Sports, I recommend it.
1: The new Locked On NFL podcast is on fire. Last week it was one of the most listened to NFL shows across all NFL podcasts with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. All right, I want to talk about uh, they, they announced the times for when they will be doing the college football rankings. The first one will be on Tuesday, November 5th. It's later from 8 to 8.30. Uh, but then after that, it seems to be uh, from 6 to 7 every Tuesday night, which is in line, I believe, with what they normally do. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, I mean, that's the part of the season where, you know, it, it really kind of, gets down to it.
0: Is that later than normal? I feel like it's later than normal. I don't know. I I like it. I like that they don't do the college football playoff rankings right from the beginning. Uh, I think that the committee needs to be rating based on what they've seen on the field, not based on hype, not based on what they think, Yeah, not the based frustration on recluded, the coaches recruiting. and the
2: AP poll is maddening to me because it is understandable to say that Clemson and Alabama will probably be two of the top five teams. Yeah. But I start feeling like anything, even within the top ten, where you have a good sense of, probably who will finish the end of the year in the top 10, mm-hmm. although it does always fluctuate and surprise us a little bit. What are you basing that off Like recruiting rankings probably from the last couple of years, yeah. how they finished the previous season, what players they brought back. And Auburn's a great example of this. I think about that 2014 season where they brought back a lot of their starters from the 2013 team and then proceeded to go eight and five. Yep. I think that doing like what you're saying makes the most sense. And I wish I get why we do it because it's entertaining, But I I wish that rankings didn't come out until like the third week of the season.
1: Yeah, but they're so like clickbait heavy. I mean, you can't not do it. Yeah, now that it's been that way, I don't
2: think that we're ever going to get people to give that up.
0: Yeah, and it's like, I I think it's awesome to do what you see on the field rankings, you know, week to week. Because after the first week of the season, the best team in the country is going to be like either Florida, because they've got a pretty good win over Miami, Mm -hmm. or like, Auburn or Oregon, because they are going to be the only teams right. with a top 10 win. And so then you were like, well, they beat a top 10 team. So Yeah,
2: I mean, waiting until closer to the first month, I think, makes yeah. the most sense. I just don't think it'll happen. So I'm glad that the college football playoff committee like does wait, and, and they mm-hmm. not only wait a month, they wait until the last month of the season.
1: So the first rankings will come the Tuesday after Auburn takes on Ole Miss at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Ooh, so, so it's,
0: it's a, good, a good weekend for Auburn, hopefully.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe they can get some style points there against a pretty bad defense. But, yeah, so LSU, Arkansas, Florida, Mississippi State, A&M, obviously Oregon, as well as Tulane and Kent State will be the teams that Auburn have played. I mean, Auburn has a chance for, you know, with that schedule, if they win all but, you know, one of those games – and heck i mean in theory if they go undefeated i mean they're going to be rewarded very highly by the college football playoff cuz i mean they've shown that they like auburn in the past due to their tough mm-hmm. schedule and that's you know obviously a big theme of this offseason mm-hmm. how been has it has been how tough the schedule I, is yeah.
0: the sec could end up with 3 of the 4 teams if auburn georgia and alabama are all undefeated before that week i don't really i mean ou If they're undefeated, although they have they'll have played one good team and it's Texas. At least they've got one good team on their schedule this year. Mm -hmm. So. uh, I I think
1: we're all in favor of the late start to the college football rankings. It's always so interesting to me, too, because when the first college football playoff rankings come out. It always looks so much different than the AP and the coaches, which I mm-hmm. think is good. It's yeah. fun.
2: The first one ever will always be funny, too, because I think Mississippi State was number one. I think Auburn yeah. was number three, and there was another. Ole Miss was up there. Right, and it's like people are going to look back in 20 years and go,
1: huh. It's crazy that was the first one, yeah. and it's like that's so wonky. It's bizarre. But uh, can you play the, uh, the, the call? Can you play that for me? To the air and caught Jarrett
0: Stidham with a beautiful ball. That's going to go in the books as a 23-yard touchdown pass. And it looked like that was Damon Patterson. And it was.
1: You're right there, Dan. That's a beautifully thrown ball. So Jarrett Stidham looked incredible. He was awesome. He looked incredible. Led a 99-yard drive that ended in that play that you just heard and uh, led the Patriots to a win. I mean, he looks significantly better than Brian Hoyer did. Now, Hoyer was playing with the Pats backups against the Titans starters, so obviously there's there's some stuff going on there. But, I mean, what Jarrett Stidham did against the Titans, I was extremely impressed, almost a little
2: shocked with. I think the main thing, and this was the case I feel like in practice from the little bit I don't follow the Patriots all that closely, but what I've seen about Stidham is that he's had no problem on the Mm -hmm. whole – Completing passes, it's that when he does it, they're often bad throws that turn out to be interceptions, and that was a theme that I believe continued again in this preseason game. Where if he wasn't completing the pass, it was uh, almost a turnover or turned into that.
1: No, you're 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 exactly right, Painter. So I I was tweeting about how good he looked, and I I mean I was excited, you know, being an Auburn alum and a Patriots fan, and it was also cool being at the game that a lot of people were tweeting about, but. A lot of people tweeting at me saying, you know, how discouraging it is that he looks so good this preseason. And yeah. Auburn fans claiming that they did not see that while he was at Auburn. And I it's amazing up. to me.
2: Just uh, just forgetting the entire 2017 season. It's crazy. He won the best division in football his first year. He was here. also yeah. the newcomer of the year. Statistically, it was the most balanced offense that Auburn has had. It was a very productive offense. I think if On Johnson is healthy in that game, the championship even if Auburn loses the SEC Championship game, it's that fourth quarter's different. That, that's a weird one. I, I think I've told you this, Zach. Auburn fans, I feel like, will regret to some extent. No, not regret, because they're going to end up claiming him if he ends up having a successful <laughs> pro career. You're right. But they weren't exactly kind to him, uh, especially that Tennessee game, which was arguably his the worst game he played during his... But there were boos coming down on him when Malik Willis didn't trot out, and... That's fine, uh, but just remember, Auburn fans, that you guys bailed on him at some point. So, like, when you're taking credit for his success, if he ends up having a nice oh, NFL career, like, remember that. I definitely bailed on him. No, I mean, I'll be the Did one that... Oh, absolutely. Uh, he And he, it's just a preseason game. So, like, I'm not saying yeah. he's going to be the next Tom Brady. I'm just saying three years from now, if he has that starting job and Bill Belichick is, is his coach, there's a chance that he's probably not a bad quarterback.
1: Yeah. You're right.
0: Uh, I had a buddy text me... Um, on Saturday or Sunday, the game was on Saturday, on Saturday, uh, and say he thought that Jared Stidham sandbagged Auburn. And I was like, I don't think that's true. I think the guy tried as hard as he could. Um, I, think he, I think he genuinely enjoyed his time here. Yeah, I, I didn't really, I don't get that one. But, uh, yeah, I'm one of the guys that bailed on Stidham, and as soon as he m- completes a pass in a real NFL game, I'll be so hard back on that Stidham bandwagon. You it'll be like I left and came back really hard.
1: <laughs> I mean, just as far as you know, fans calling for Malik Willis to get the job. Mm-hmm. I mean, going into his second off season, I mean, that was just
0: oh, I wasn't that bad. For I just me, had such a hard time tell. like
1: comprehending. Usually, I, I I feel like I'm pretty good at seeing the other side's arguments of you know something I disagree yeah. with, but that's just one I could not see. I just I just couldn't get it. And now I did think Malik Willis had a good chance to be the guy after Stidham Mm -hmm. and so like I was wrong on that front but man it's just it's bizarre and and so now as he's having success and like the National Football League world is talking about Stidham because he's the backup to Tom Brady I mean it's just kind of part of it but and they're saying where was this at Auburn or oh my gosh this makes Gus look so much worse it was like, are you kidding me? I think people have just forgotten that like, there are
2: 11 people on the field during a, a yeah. offensive, like trying to score. And yeah. so there's a hurt running back at times in your backfield. Um, there's an offensive line that just was no no good the first half of the season. Uh, for whatever reason, Darius Slayton and him missed on some opportunities. The Mississippi State game. Uh, Jarrett Stidham missed him. Mm-hmm. That happened throughout the season. It happened in the bowl game that I can remember. But also, Darius Slayton returned the favor by dropping some balls right? last year as well. Uh, so, I, you know, I get it. Like, there's reason this this has now happened twice where Auburn had a, an SEC championship game appearance or in the case of 2013, a game that they won. Yeah. They bring back their quarterback in 2014 and they regress. And then that happens again from 2017 where they, they at least – competed in the 2017 championship game, and 2018 is bubbling with optimism, and instead it looks like the offense is worse. Painter, where
1: can people find you on Twitter, and where can they hear you on the radio?
2: At Paint Sharpless on Twitter, and hear Justin Ferguson and me from 11 to 1 on ESPN 106.7. We've got you covered at ESPNAU.com and the ESPN 106.7 app. Perhaps you're not local to Auburn Opelika. We want you to hear us and all the Auburn news you need.
0: I am at CouchPapTato on Twitter. Follow me. My DMs were wide open. I love that. I love that.
1: I'm on Twitter at ZBlackerby. The show's on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. We'll see you tomorrow. I bet we'll be talking about the new starting quarterback. It's just a hunch. I just got a feeling. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.